Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. The New Testament begins with four different accounts of the life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Matthew is profound, presenting us with Christ as the king in his kingdom. John is mysterious, showing us Christ as the very God. But Luke, though not as profound or as mysterious, is altogether sweet and pleasant, because Luke unveils Jesus Christ as a man, a man who is both sweet and pleasant, because his living displays and expresses the very nature and essence of God lived out in his perfect humanity. This is not just a man, but the man-savior. Dick Taylor has joined us for the beginning of our uh, new life study, the life study from the Gospel of Luke. Dick, marvelous to be here, isn't it, and have a chance to open up this uh, tremendous gospel in the New Testament. It surely is, Chris, and I am so grateful for this ministry to bring us to this one who is the greatest attraction in the whole universe, Jesus Christ, the man-savior. Never before the life study was put out did I appreciate this person so much as the one who is both God and man, exhibiting God as a man in his entire life on this earth. Yeah, Dick, I think people often wonder why the Bible contains these four accounts of the same story, seemingly, the account of the life of Jesus Christ on earth. Maybe as an introduction today, Dick, you could give us a little bit of background about Luke and who he was, and also particularly the unique focus or emphasis of his particular gospel. We could say for sure, Chris, that uh, Luke was not one of the direct eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. But it seems that perhaps he picked up his account of the gospel from the Apostle Paul because he was a very faithful companion of Paul, even until Paul's martyrdom. And uh, he gives us a complete biography, not only of John the Baptist in the beginning, but the entire book gives us a full biography of Jesus Christ as the man-savior. His emphasis is showing us the Lord's birth, his, the Lord's life, the Lord's death, the Lord's resurrection, including the Lord's ascension. And the words that you used, Chris, were sweet and pleasant. And surely this gospel is so sweet and so pleasant because he's here as a man. He is God, yet he's man. He's a God-man. I'd like to refer to Luke chapter 10 for just a moment. Uh, Here we have the account of the Good Samaritan, and uh, here's this man who was on his way to Jericho, and I like verse 30. A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers who, having both stripped him and beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. 
A certain priest was going down that road. He saw him pass by on the other side. Levi saw him when passed him on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, this is Jesus Christ, the very God who became man, who was journeying, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. Well, I hope all of you who are listening, if you don't yet, you would, after this broadcast, send for your recovery version of the New Testament. Because in chapter 10, this story about the Good Samaritan with all the footnotes will bring you to the preciousness Mm. and the sweetness of this Christ as the man Savior. So what makes this book so sweet and pleasant is he's the very God who became man, and his relationship, his compassion, his tenderness upon man is exhibited in instance after instance all through the book of Luke. Yes, And this is just one of them, but this is one of the main ones. I'd like to read part of a footnote. Such a man-savior in his lost one-seeking and sinner-saving ministry journey came down to the place where the wounded victim of the Judaistic robbers lay in his miserable, dying condition. When he saw him, he was moved with compassion in his humanity, with his divinity, and rendered him tender healing and saving care, fully meeting his urgent need. Isn't this sweet? Wonderful. Even the footnote to bring out the details of what's transpiring in this passage. Then eventually we see what did this marvelous God-man do? What did he do? He bound up his wounds. He poured oil and wine in his wounds. He placed him on his own beast donkey, taking him to where he needed to go, took him to the inn, took care of him, and he said he'd repay at his return whatever the inn spent. This is the preciousness and the sweetness and the pleasantness of this gospel. I believe this section in chapter 10 gives us the sweet, pleasant taste of Christ, the real, normal, perfect, genuine man. Dick, I'm really glad you uh, referred to that. We're going to come back to that story later on when we get to chapter 10 in this life study. But to see it in that light as opposed to the light when it is most typically presented in as a sort of an example that we should try to be the Good Samaritan. But actually, uh, we realize in this account, we're not the Good Samaritan. We're the one that was beaten up and left for dead, aren't we? That's right. But thank the Lord for the man Savior. Praise the Lord, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee with the first section today. Apparently, this gospel is quite simple. Seemingly, it is not so profound as Matthew nor so mysterious as John. Why? Because it gives us a record of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, as a man. We know a man is not that profound as God. It is not so profound. Yet, we have to realize, among the four Gospels, the most sweet one and pleasant one is this one. God is profound, yet when he became a man, he is sweet, and he is pleasant. In Matthew, we see the king, and in Mark, we see the slave. In John, we see God. Now, in this book, we see the man, the man, and uh, look, he's a uh, narration gives us a record 
in a sweet and pleasant way. Not only the narratives, but even the narration is very sweet and pleasant. Dick, he seemed to just uh, be uh, re-speaking what you and I were already talking about, though I loved his utterance there. Uh, This is the man, he said. Not a man, but the man. And the God that we see in uh, Matthew and in John, of course, is profound and mighty. But when this God becomes the man, he is sweet and he is pleasant. How about this Gospel of Luke? That is the truth, Chris. Uh, The infinite God became a finite man. The great God became a little man. This little man is so sweet and so pleasant. I was thinking of a song we sing, O glorious Christ, Savior mine, thou art truly radiance divine, God infinite in eternity, yet man in time, finite to be. This is so precious. Eventually in the chorus it says, God mingled with humanity, and now this one lives in us, are all to be. So this gospel really is pleasant and sweet because it's not just speaking about the king, Mm -hmm. not just about a slave, neither about God directly, but the very God becoming a man to reach man with his saving grace and to bring man into his full salvation for the accomplishment of his heart's desire. So this is the sweet, pleasant gospel of Matthew. Every single incident that you read about in the gospel of Luke, you just come out with that taste. Sweet, pleasant. Mm -mm. He's so good. Uh, Just even getting into it this far, uh, I find my appetite to get into this gospel and just read it again is very much whetted. Don't you have that sense? I do. My appetite is wet. (laughs) Well, Dick, let's get back. You mentioned this term, uh, mingling. God mingled with humanity in the hymn that you were quoting from there. We're going to see that term developed in this coming section, and it is a critical point to understand if we really want to get into this gospel uh, in its reality and in its fullness. So let's go back to Witness Lee as he touches the subject of the gospel of Luke. Now we come to the subject. The subject is something marvelous. The man's Savior and his salvation in the highest Standard of morality. Three points. The man's savior. Number one. Then his salvation. This number two. Lastly, the highest standard of morality. In this book, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit with the divine essence. Look was unique. Unique in telling us how this man's Savior was conceived. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just God himself in reaching man. When God reaches man, he is the Holy Spirit. Now, God as the Holy Spirit came to humanity. The Savior was conceived of this Holy Spirit and born of a human virgin, 
So, by this, we all have to see and realize to the full extent that our Savior, He is of two essences. One is the divine essence, the other is the human essence. Two essences, not only added together, but mingled together. And this mingling, some Bible students, even Bible teachers, misunderstood. Even in ancient time, in the second, third centuries, there was quite a debate concerning the mingling. Some misunderstood that this mingling caused the two essences lose their own natures to produce a third nature. To understand this way was a big heresy, and it was condemned. But I'm glad to tell you, even according to the modern Webster's Dictionary, Webster says mingling means what? means to join two or three things together that their original natures will not be lost. Our Savior was conceived with the divine essence and born with the human essence. So he was one person with the two essences, the divine and the human mingled together without a certain nature. Yet, he was one complete person. You must hold this view when you come to read this gospel. Well, Dick, we had a a very sweet, enjoyable first section talking about this sweet and most pleasant person. Now we come to something that may seem a, a bit doctrinal and dry, but is critical. I think it's worth our time to develop it a little bit because, as he pointed out, you must hold this view when you come to this gospel. If we really want to understand the gospel of Luke and really have the light opened up, we must see this matter of the mingling in its proper way and not in the distorted way. Talk a bit about this matter of mingling, why it has become a controversial issue in some people's minds, but the real true meaning of it is we're seeing here. Well, Jesus Christ, Chris, is the precious God-man. He is the mingling of divinity with humanity. And we see with him the two essences. On one hand, for sure, his source is of the divine essence because he is conceived of the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, he's born of a human virgin. Mm -hmm. So you have two essences or two natures. You have divinity with humanity being mingled together. And uh, we must see this clearly in order to really appreciate this Gospel of Luke. Because mingling in its definition, like our brother Lee mentioned, according to the dictionary, means that these two have been mixed together or brought together, but they don't lose their original nature or their original identity. Divinity is still recognizable. Mm -hmm. Humanity is still recognizable. The divine nature is still there. The human nature is still there. But the two have been mingled together to produce not a third thing, but a mingling of God with man to make him the most wonderful, awesome, 
precious, unique person in the entire universe, a man who is filled with God. God has come into this man to be his content. This man is filled with God to express him. And that is what God's intention is all about, to gain an expression of himself in humanity. And Dick, this becomes the bullseye of this Gospel of Luke, this matter of this mingling in its proper sense, this proper, clear understanding, a term that's even used in the Bible in Leviticus, this word mingling, to describe the coming together of these two essences to form not a new third nature. And so we want to be very clear. We're not talking about that, which definitely is a heresy. That's right. That the two natures disappear and a new third nature created. That's not what we're saying here. No, we're not saying that. And even Webster concurs that that's not what the word mingle implies. No, we're not saying that when God became man, he's no longer God. Right. Okay, I think we've laid that foundation well enough, but it does get, I think, uh, strengthened as we come to this final section. Let's go to Witness Lee. You couldn't imagine that in this universe there is such a composition. Man and God, God and man are mingled together to form a composition full of the divine attributes and full of the human virtues. Maya, what is this? You must hold this view when you come to read this gospel. I was reading it for years and never saw this. I never had this kind of a concept, this kind of understanding until to a certain day the Lord opened my eyes and that was confirmed by other writings that in this one person you could see all the attributes of God and all the human virtues. Not only so, dear saints, if you read this gospel carefully, you could see all the attributes of God are strengthenings and enrichings to the human virtues. The Bible shows us clearly that God is love, and God loves. And also, the Bible tells us we who have been created by God should love others. God loves, and we should love. But we may love without the strengthening and the enriching of God's love. Can you see this? This human love could be strengthened by the divine love and enriched by it. Now, you have to see a man loved, yet in his loving, there is the divine love strengthening and reaching his love. Jesus living on this earth was fully strengthened and enriched by the divine attributes. So his morality is the highest. He did live the highest standard of morality. Hallelujah. Wow, Dick, a tremendous example he gave here to illustrate not just this matter of uh, mingling, but another aspect that we will hear again and again, this matter of Jesus Christ being the perfect blending of the divine attributes in the human virtues, expressed in the human virtues, and, and pick up his example, this matter of love. I think this is one we can all relate to. 
This is good, Chris, because this is why he said he has the highest standard of morality. What does this mean? It means that he's a man not only possessing the human virtue of love, but this human virtue of love is strengthened, enriched, and uplifted by the divine attribute of love. So this is really, really precious. I was thinking of Luke 7, Chris, where Jesus saw the widow and the uh, funeral procession where she was uh, mourning over her son who had died. And when the Lord saw her, he was moved with compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. He said, young man, to you I say, arise. And the dead man sat up and he began to speak, and he gave him to his mother. Uh, This is the compassion of this God-man with the highest standard of morality. There is the human love that is strengthened, enriched, and uplifted by the divine attribute of love. So we can see this all the way through the book of Luke. So this matter of love is a real good illustration. Concerning my wife and I, we realize the human virtue is not adequate. We have learned through the years to open our heart to Christ, this wonderful God-man, let him fill us, so that our human virtue is filled with the divine attribute of love. This makes marriage really solid, wonderful, and joyful. Hallelujah. For the strengthening and uplifting and enriching of our human virtues by the divine attributes. One place, Brother Lee wrote this. Listen to this. He said this, Why do we end up hating somebody we love? Because the source is wrong. The source is merely your human virtue of love or your human emotion or your human heart. You need that virtue strengthened, enriched, and uplifted by the divine attribute. Otherwise, your human virtue is weak, fragile, and is easily terminated. Wow. So I love this. We are brought to the highest standard of morality, a man who is full of God. All of his virtues filled with divine attributes to perfectly express God. This is God's desire. And now such a man lives in us. What can we say except hallelujah? Hallelujah. (laughs) Why did I know where you were going there, Dick? (laughs) I think uh, it's a good point to end this first introductory program on because uh, we've all experienced our love, though, of course, uh, something very high in humanity, the capacity to love, but even the unbeliever's love. But without this enriching and strengthening and uplifting of God's love, uh, it always inevitably runs out disappoints both us and the object of that love, doesn't it? It truly does. And that's why our brother mentioned, if there weren't something called marriage, neither would there be something called divorce. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dick, I look forward to having you here as often as you are able with your busy schedule and all the traveling that's ahead. But please stop in and uh, spend a few minutes with us whenever you can. I look forward to that, Chris. Thank you very much once again. I enjoyed our fellowship very much. Amen, brother. Okay, uh, as our time uh, runs out here, let us leave you with our toll-free number. And uh, as always, we'd like to invite you to contact us. Dick gave a strong recommendation early on, and I would echo the life study, printed messages, and or the recovery version. These uh, resources, as we go through this life study of Luke, will really, I would say, strengthen, enrich, and uplift your own appreciation and enjoyment of these programs. So contact us about that. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 888-543-3788. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is His body, the fullness of the One who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with Him, and thus His body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.